0: Okay, listeners, we're back with the Adrian Bowe podcast, and it's episode seventy six. And I'm very delighted to welcome a good friend of mine, Mr. William Pereira. How are you doing, Will? I'm well. Yourself? Excellent, buddy. Excellent. Um, Now, I thought it would be really important to have you on the podcast today because obviously recently yourself and Adrian Savalas and another business partner have launched a new business called Adrian William in the Inner West. So congratulations to you on that. Thanks, mate pleasure pleasure now um your group have been you know really good friends of mine uh for a while and i've loved seeing your careers develop um over the last 10 to 15 years um you guys are focused in the inner west um and it's been about five and a half months and you guys have done around 55 sales so that's well above average for a new business so i'm really delighted for you that that's happened um and congratulations once again for your or instant momentum with that. Yep. Um, yep. Now, a couple of things because a lot, a lot of listeners, um, they do like to hear people that have made the transition from agent into business owner now when I say business owner all agents are actually business owners even though they don't know it right because um, you know they, they've got their own marketing budget some have got um, staff they usually got uh, um, you know their own PL's there are you know there's a lot of things as, as an agent that you are actually a business owner but the only transition we're talking about now is when you get premises when you get um, you know support staff you've got to sign up to all the subscriptions there's quite quite a lot involved And and you guys moved very swiftly um, when you did make the transition. So um, I might just ask for the benefit of the listeners... What was the inception of Adrian William when you guys talked about it? Because you got you both came from from very reputable and outstanding companies like Adrian from McGrath, yourself from Brassic Whitney, both terrific um, um, breeding grounds for outstanding agents, um, including both of us, by the way. Um, so yeah, what was the inception when you guys first spoke about it? Um, I think
1: I think the idea was I. Like what I noticed in, in the Sydney market was um, there was a bit of a transition happening where a lot of the boutique agencies were kind of coming up the ranks. Um, you had companies such as, uh, you know, your Breastick Whitney's, you have your PPD's and, you know, you, then you, you, you look at others like Oxford real estate and a few others. And I thought, Hey, this is a bit of an opportunity to come in here and um, position something a bit unique. And I guess, what, what I was thinking at the time was I, I couldn't really see any agency that was um, connecting really well with the Inner West community. Mm-hmm. And so Adrian and I kind of thought, well, what, what are the things that we can do to really um, make people feel comfortable and, and how can we, I guess, translate and communicate the Inner West message out there to the, to the general public? Uh, and I'm, probably, I'm not sure, you know, if you look at our social media and you look at the way we're, uh we photograph and the way we, uh, you know, the way we present our business, we're, we're tackling that. And I guess one thing in, in, my, in my time in the, in, in the real estate space, I can see that it's evolving and I like the direction where it's going. And I just thought that, um, you know, we could apply a bit of pressure to the real estate practice and pushing the envelope a bit further than what is familiar and uh, you know, kind of create, go into a, a new kind of space. If that makes any sense.
0: It does. It does make a lot of sense. And when you, when you made the observation that the industry and the landscape was evolving and changing, what, what do you mean by that in particular?
1: Um, I think that, I think that, um, I think the everyday consumer is getting a bit smarter. So I, I think that, Well, I don't think I I can see that a lot of people are embracing technology. Mm -hmm. The reality of it is, you know, I don't necessarily need to have an office in every single location to speak to a buyer from a certain location. We live in a digital age. Mm -hmm. And I guess that is where uh, embracing the technological advancements and the progression is what's going to, you know, position you forward above your competitors. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know we're young we're fit we've got that willingness to learn we don't reject progression we accept it and that's the direction that we want to go to so i thought why not be not the first but one of the you know the very few yeah. that are, are, are trying to do it and do it properly does that make
0: sense it does it does um now you've obviously been at the top of your game for a few years now in the inner west and you you made a very accurate observation there that um you know that you don't need an office in 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 every suburb now you're very fortunate enough that the inner west is a is a huge bda or business development area as commonly referred to in our industry um you know had you thought previously about launching your own business and and was there any a reason you hadn't done it at that particular time you know um i think it's a step-by-step thing right i think
1: you know you're, you're an agent you're you're doing a comfortable amount of sales and you 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 know you're doing an average amount of gci and you look to you know you look to progress yourself you look for that space of appointing an agent in support then a the junior agent uh you know you try to tackle that million dollar gci target that that you know that million dollar agent status and then after you look okay what's what's kind of next mm-hmm. the the thing that i learned and what evolved me to go into this space was when I got to a point where I wrote a certain GCI, mm-hmm. I wanted to explore what it looked like to not just be an agent. And I guess for me, the satisfaction that I gain is from um, paying forward my skill set and my knowledge to youth or anyone that has a willingness to learn. And see if I can, even existing agents, see if I can kind of progress into the next level, in, you know, in, under, under our umbrella, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, you know, typically speaking, great real estate agents aren't necessarily great leaders. So, I'm, and I'm, I'm learning, right? I'm, I'm very early in this piece. But I love, I love the concentration of becoming a great leader and supporting
0: those that want to progress um, uh, in the industry.
1: That
0: yeah but it. it does it does um, look, I was very fortunate enough uh, a couple of weeks ago to do a coaching session with with your whole team, and my observation will was that it was young, it was enthusiastic um, it was it was willing to learn, and the most important. Uh, part about it when when i'm talking about the team is that their appetite for growth and their appetite for accountability was really strong so as you know i applied kpis to every team member and since then there's been you know quite a few that have committed to that um have you noticed any shift at all in their habits uh, or, or or in their day-to-day activities since since that coaching session
1: you know i i'm going to touch on that i'm going to answer that question but i, I Yes, most definitely. But I have even noticed a a massive difference in in myself. You know, someone, I've been doing this for 12 years, right? Even when I left the session, it gave me a a good boot, a good kick. You have to be reminded, even though you know it, it needs to come from the back of the brain to the front. Mm. And you do that push. The guys have been uh, committed to hitting their KPIs of how many calls they're making daily. They've got accountability. They're now working collaboratively together, for example, we sell one property, say we sold 152 Addison Road in Maritville on Saturday. I've got one junior agent doing calls on RB data. I've got the next one doing calls um, to, through our database through agent box. And I've got other, I've got another agent as well, touching with uh, progressive sellers that are thinking of positioning their property on the market. So we're covering all bases. And they're all communicating with each other as well. They're leaving notes. So I think that, um, you know, there's only so much that myself, Adrian, can, can do. And to have
0: a support uh, system in place, it does help. Definitely helps. That's brilliant, yeah. Well, it sounds like to me that they're following that four-point just sold checklist, which, which we went through in detail, um, and that's music to my ears because this industry is not complicated. Unfortunately, agents do complicate it. Um, yes. And my, my process and my system that I shared with you guys, you know, even you were humble enough being in the industry for quite a period of time and actually being top of your game, still acknowledging and still recognising that, shit, you know what? I need to be reminded about this and I need to plug into this process because this is a a, a process which is guaranteed to work if you um, apply consistency and discipline to it.
1: You know, from our training, something so simple, um, I spend a lot of time and I always, I'm always diligent with it. Every style that I have, I've got my own spreadsheet and I accumulate my diet. I- I position my data my past vendors and past purchases. The biggest problem is I probably spend more time positioning, uh, sorting out my data and not necessarily tackling my data or delegating the time to, to make the call. So to, to, um, to have you kind of give me a kick up the ass to say, will spend that hour to make those calls. It honestly, it, it was, it's like, I know Adrian, I know, I know, um, but yeah, it actually it prompted me and I, it, it activated me to start getting into the calls and doing it.
0: And since then, I've already booked a few appraisals, which is awesome. I mean, <laughs> how good's that? How good's <laughs> that? That's awesome, man. Hey, um, so look, op- opening a business is not all. Rainbows and, and unicorns, right? So, what 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 were the immediate challenges that you faced, and you thought, shit, what have I done here? Um, because there's no doubt, you know, if you're really honest, that, that that you would have had you would have had a couple of moments like that. It's easy five and a half months down the track, but there probably was that for first couple of weeks where there, you know, you you thought to yourself, you know, I've really I've really got myself into into a uh, quite a quite a overwhelming process. What what were the couple of immediate challenges that you, you came across?
1: I guess, you know, when you start up a business, you, you, you're kind of going with the flow and you're learning in the moment, right? Mm. And um, look, there are so many little things in the business that you've got to, you know, you've you, you've got to literally put aside your sales hat, your book, and just say, I'll get back to you in a sec. But at the start, I'll tell you now, it probably – you know, it, it, it halves, your time halves in that space and you're trying to concentrate on, on other components of the business.
0: Hmm. I
1: mean, it's, it, you know, being an agent that, that's always done a great level of, uh, uh, transactions and GCI, you know, I've always been organized. Um, but this is this is a bit of a next level kind of organization. Um, and you, you obviously managing a few more staff members as well. Hmm. Um, so it's not, you know, for me, the biggest challenge was getting into the whole accounting thing and understanding it in real depth. But, you know, as time progresses as well, obviously, you know, become smarter and um, be able to kind of, uh, you know, outsource certain aspects of running the business. But um, it, it, it's, it's not easy. It wasn't, it wasn't easy at the start, that's for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, And as you know, from a business advisory level, I've sat you guys down and said, look, the best way to make this business as efficient and profitable as possible is that everyone stays in their lane. So Will Pereira, what's his highest and best use? Listing and selling. Adrian Savalas, what's his highest and best use? Listing and selling. Your 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 BD, BDM, what's their highest and best use? Getting in new property management. So, so we have had to restructure a little bit and you've had to delegate more because each time that you do something that's operational based or non-dollar productive based, what that's doing is cannibalizing your highest and best use. So you're you're like the surgeon where, you know, if there's there's 12 surgeries conducted in a day, you know, he or she's not getting there half an hour before making sure all the lighting's sorted and the utensils are lined up. They've got someone helping them with that. So otherwise they'd only do two or three surgeries a day. So volume is your friend. Delegation is your friend. Time is our only asset that's non-renewable. We've only got 168 hours in a week. The agents that do very well, are the ones that use all those waking working hours as dollar productive hours, which is really listing, prospecting, selling, negotiating, keeping a deal together. Everything else needs to be delegated. I understand as a business owner, there's probably about 10%, which I advised you guys that you're going to have to use as an operational oversight, yeah. but, not day-to-day minutia, granular stuff. So you know uh, that that's critical. I get that the initial launch phase. There's a period of time there, but but that's now behind us, and that's something we need to draw the line in the sand and recognise what our highest and best use is. And 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 I'm glad that you now have have done that. Well, you know, there's always something that pops up. You know,
1: your office space, uh, your, your furniture, mm. uh, it, it, and and look for us to be. To, I don't know if you've been watching us, but we're—I think we're at ten or eleven now. We just hired someone this week as well. So we're mm. going up to eleven now. Mm. Um, we're literally about to sign a new lease at a new place. We only signed a one by one in by one in our current um, office. Um, we didn't think we were going to grow this quick, but um, and it, look, don't get me wrong—it it is exciting, but it's—it's it's a whole—it's a whole different level of responsibility. Mm. Um, I. You know, I didn't do this necessarily for financial reasons because you know, being at a good agency and having a good split, right, is not bad. Mm, it's mm. really not. It's actually not a bad thing. I, I'm look. I, I look at that from what I was to where I am now, and you know, coming back to time delegation, you're like, well, Will, your GCI is about to go backwards, right? Mm, mm, mm. Um, I'm hoping that I can get to a point where. Um, I know everything like the back of my hand in terms of the running the, the the company, and then I can get back into the sales eventually, right? Uh, which I am already. I've already started, but you know, it, it does, opening up a business does come with that that sacrifice. Um, I guess what I'm personally doing to combat it is I've always been an agent that works quite hard and puts the the, the effort into it, but now it's kind of next level. I'm talking about. You know, doing it, it's, it's, quite, it's quite intense where you're doing 7 a.m. till like 10, 11 p.m. nights. So it's, mm. it's full on. It's mm. full on. Mm. Mm. That's yeah. not possible either. You can't do that forever.
0: No, of course. And, and look, that's part of the coaching and the transition and the learning process. But um, you know, and, and like on the uh, podcast last week, I was with Josh Tesalon and like I was talking to him and nothing that's worth it comes without it, some sacrifice. There is some sacrifice along the way and you're right being an, there's nothing wrong with being an agent on a good split and treating wealth creation by buying real estate as an investment, for example, you know, and then not necessarily having the stress of running an office and staff and super and all that. So there's a lot of people who suit that type of um, environment. Um, however, like you said, even though indirectly your motivation wasn't financial, it's more of a personal uh, goal if you like you know i, I think financially in the long run you, you you will be better off you've probably taken two steps sidewards in order to take 10 steps yeah. forward you know yeah. so um it's it's more that personal satisfaction and and it's sort of almost like a uh you know a like pebble in your shoe that it's just been itching away for a while and it's just like you know what what's the worst thing that could happen the worst thing that could happen is that it doesn't work and you go back to being a very very Um, in-demand agent you know but in reality five and a half months close to 60 sales it's working right and and you've had instant traction and look it goes to show a couple of things will it goes to show that that clients list and sell with individuals not necessarily with brands there are a few people that list with brands and and want to buy through brands but you know you are the brand adrian is the brand and it wasn't as if you guys left great brands and then people didn't want to know about you you were like well i am the brand my this is my database this is how i treat people you made the comment about you know the one of your catalysts for actually going down this path was how you engage with the community right so that that hasn't changed if anything it's improved so it's a very good case study around Good brands produce good agents and good agents can still have very successful careers, notwithstanding those brands being very successful in their own right and and being appreciative for those brands to train us and to uh, provide us the resources uh, and the skill set to do what we do today.
1: Yeah. Look, what, what I will say, Adrian, is I, I admire the brands that have been around for a long time and, and they have big networks like, you know, if you go back, that, that's that's hats off. Like, to do that, that you know, looking at it now, just starting, it's like, geez, I've, you know, I've got thousands of kilometres to run still, right? Mm. Um, I, I did this. When I, when, I, when I met with Adrian, I literally said to him, mate, I don't just want to be a corner, a corner office. I don't want to be small fry. I want to make, I want to be on my deathbed and I want to make a difference. I want to make a big impact, whatever that looks like whatever it is, however we can progress this, let's do it. Let's apply a bit of pressure here. Let's do it. We're fit. We're hungry. We're at the right age. Mm. Why not? And if we can get the support structure behind us, the right team members Mm. um, that want to go on the journey with us, Hey, we'll carry everyone to the top with us. Right? So that's, that's, that was the drive behind the ambition to to say, let's, let's rock and roll. Let's do this.
0: Mm. That's awesome mate hey um tell me will the the skill set around um listing property you know that that's been definitely one of the areas that you've mastered in the last few years okay um you 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 you're known to be a very very good lister of, of real estate um, there's a lot of people listening to this who if you did a role play with them and I do role plays you know as you know with with a lot of agents every week you know and and a lot of the times I apply a number out of 10, how I think they performed and I'm I'm amazed how many people get in a four or a six or or a three even, and they're still doing okay. Um, what, what would you say has helped you as a, as a USP or a unique selling proposition, um, as, as, as a successful lister because your 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 list appraisal to list ratio is about seventy seventy five percent which is pretty high um, yep. what what would you say has been a key to your success of listing real estate over your competitors, whether it was with your previous business, this business, just just your own experience?
1: Um, I think one of the biggest things that um, I think made a big impact with my listing presentation was. Um, I don't even call it, I, I, you know, the reality of it, when someone's calling you, like I, I'm about to list the property now in, um, in Petersham and I'm dealing with a, a an older demographic and, um, man, I, I, I literally just had my pen in my book, right? I spent two hours and they interviewed three other agents and good ones too, not crappy agents. Hmm. Um, and look, I haven't got paperwork uh, yet. I shouldn't speak to you soon, but, um, we went and signed, well, I went to go sign up today. They're going to send it to me tomorrow, but the listing presentation was merely adapting to the scenario. Mm. Right. And the reality of it is every living room you go into, everyone's just trying to qualify you, whether you're the right person to, and whether they can trust you. right? Mm. So there's no, there's never one way to skin a cat. Everyone's different. Right. And you got to connect with them. But I guess, one thing that I learned that really penetrates well in a listing appointment is if you can, okay, you've got the product, you understand what the product is. If you can explain who the buyers are, mm. right? Cool. Explain who the buyers are and they agree who the buyers are and you, you can communicate. This is the best way to speak to the buyers and the best way to get the buyers to your property mm. and, and the best way through the process of auction, whatever it is that you do that can create competition. Um, and that story or that uh, through past events that you've had, past case studies can show and demonstrate that you're the best fit. There's nothing that should be in the way of you getting business. No nothing. Uh, no commission rate too low or marketing too low. You've just got to sell the uh, your services and your past uh, track record, if mm-hmm. that makes sense.
0: It does. It does make sense. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing will is you don't necessarily go in equipped with a lot of visuals or a lot of material, tangible material is, I mean, you've probably got a few case studies and past sales or whatever, but you're not going in and, and serenading them with, with all these fancy visuals. Is that right?
1: I I kid you not. Um, uh, Adrian, my listing presentation, Adrian, my business partner, hates my listing presentation because I literally take nothing with me. Mm. I take RP data, five, um, like five sales. I'll pick five sales. I'll take a brochure. I'll take my, uh, my notebook with my pen, the agency agreement, and the marketing costs. That's all I take.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. You've heard it here, listeners, that you're talking to someone who has an 80% appraisal to list ratio, 80%. That's, That's one of the highest that I've ever come across in my career. And what he's telling you is that, visuals are just one of about 15 resources that you require in order to list real estate. The, the most important ones are social proof, which he's talked about, which is your, which is recent sales. Um, the next one is speak, be a storyteller. So without even, you know, telling me directly what, what we'll saying is, is, is talking story. So he's like, okay, this one sold, which had this many contracts out. The buyer came from, um, you know, from the Eastern suburbs. Notice how we, will mentioned that he knows his biodemographic intimately he knows the origin of them the 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 nature of them um you know the the demographic both you know financially and socially where they come from that's critical right so um and and the other thing and the most important thing he's connecting he's connecting with that client and and not necessarily winging it but what he's doing is, is a, he's adapting and being a chameleon if you like but in an authentic way very authentic way so um yeah yeah there, because you're right
1: there's nothing there's nothing worse than I, i've even said this to the younger guys that have been with me or other agents that i've you used to work with mm. when you go into a living room and you you there's some clients you go in and you just dead set no from the outset there's no chance i've got anything in common with this person right Mm -hmm. that's cool Mm -hmm. that is fine there's nothing wrong with that right Mm -hmm. and the worst thing that you can do is try to find something and fake it right Mm -hmm. and ask you can tell that the other side can tell that you're not really that interested but the reality of it is that person's called you in for a task and that task is to sell their property for the best price, find the best buyer for their home. Right. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Cause that can be your talking point and building and pull through that. Because if your case study makes a lot of sense, let them open up. Maybe they may want to look at um, the, the similarities to you. And, and then, uh, you know, you can connect in that way if they open up, but if they're closed and you're trying to, you know, it just doesn't, it's, like negative
0: with negative. Does that make sense? It does because what you're telling me is you've got a plan. You're outlining a plan and a strategy. So you're, you're basically saying, Adrian, this is why I think my process works. This is my strategy. This is my plan. I mean, I'm amazed will that I sit across a lot of agents and role play with them and say, why should I list with you? And the opaque and nebulous nature of the response I get is mind-blowing, where if I asked you that, you you, you would have, like, a three- or four-point plan, which is not necessarily, you know, super strategised or, or, or incredibly well-designed, but it's definitely four or five USPs which you would say ad nauseum every single listing appointment without, without fail, which is a non-negotiable, you know?
1: Yeah, like... One thing that one thing as well, what I what I say to say to my team members as well, don't don't necessarily always go in there with the best case uh, story. You know, don't always talk about going in there and saying I sold four properties and they were all hundred grand above reserve and they were all fantastic and we're celebrities. Mm. Don't do that. Mm. Different scenarios give a scenario where you did have an auction, you had five, six people go for it and it went bonkers. Give a scenario where you had no buyers throughout the campaign. You had one buyer. how you sold the prior to auction mm-hmm. and another scenario at the auction, you had one bidder or you had three bidders, you had a strong bidder and how you handled that. Where was your reserve? Where did you negotiate? Did you pass it in? Did you leave it on the floor? What did you do? Cause if you can demonstrate to a vendor that you're their biggest asset and uh, you're minimizing their risk of failure, right? Mm. You know, that's reality because if you look at the clearance rates, it's not a hundred percent, right? The right formula is going to increase their chances to getting a great percentage of conversion. However, Mm. the law of averages is that, Hey, not everything goes according to plan. COVID someone touches another person, virus spreads. It's, you know, it's gone viral in Newtown. Next thing you know, you're on the market auctions tomorrow. You're going to Mm. do that.
0: Mm hmm. That's right. Yeah. So what I'm hearing will is authenticity, uh, high integrity, honesty, transparency, right? So those are the traits that whether you're an experienced agent, or whether you're just starting, those are skills, which you don't need 20 years of experience to actually display those skills, you can display those immediately. And even if you are up against an established agent, um, what you can do is walk in and say, look, what I don't lack in 20 years experience, I compensate by having, you know, an incredible work ethic, incredible uh, personal touch, incredible um, high-tech, incredible, um, you know, face-to-face contact with all my buyers. Um, There's always something that you can bring to the table regardless of how long you've been in the industry, yeah. you know? So, and you've had to evolve, Will, your pitch, you know, I mean, you started by saying, Oh, look, you know, we're, we're, we're a boutique sort of, you know, agency. And, and then you went to, Oh, we're a bigger agency. and Now you're back to saying you're boutique, you know, but know. It, yeah, but each time, each time in all these evolutions and iterations of your pitch, you actually believe in it in your heart, you know?
1: Yeah. I, Adrian, you have to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe that you're the best, I mean, it takes time. There was a lot of years I I didn't really believe in myself. Mm. I just kept, the way I saw it was the more living rooms I get into, the more chances I get at failure here, there's going to come where my, I was shocking at the start of my career. I was (laughs) was an absolute disaster. We're talking like 30, 40% conversions. We're talking about, you know, um, uh, employers letting me go because I couldn't make a bloody sale <laughs> it, it, it drove me absolutely up the wall did I quit 100% I quit a couple of times but I came back in because I'm stubborn right mm-hmm. but hey you know it could have went the other way you know I could be working somewhere else but you just got to keep going
0: mm. so tell me about those times Will because there'd be a lot of people either who have gone through it are going through it now or will go through it. And anyone that's been in the industry for a number of years knows what I'm talking about. And what I'm referring to is that time of doubt or or what I call the imposter syndrome, where you think, what am I doing here? I don't belong to be, you know, I don't belong here. Um, I've had all these sales and, you know, I, to be honest, I just, there's nothing prodigious or remarkable about myself. I'm just working hard and, and, and connecting buyers with sellers. Um, so during those doubtful periods or that imposter syndrome period, how have you picked yourself up and how have you sort of, had that shift or a paradigm where you think, nah, I've got to just keep moving forward.
1: You know what? It's it's a kick up the bum. It, it really is. It's a it is a, a wake up call. It's it's reality. It's no longer procrastinating. It's you know no longer taking the long route home. Um, it's picking up the phone and actually calling people. It's not being stubborn about you knowing everything. And because you know, I I was still in a few years into the, in, in real estate. I was like seven years in, five yeah. years in. And I was, I, I, I just, I, you know, I made a few listings. I had a few listings and I made a couple of sales and then I just kept losing, kept losing, kept losing. Um, And you just got to keep, you know, you've, you've just got to do more training, keep training, keep training, don't stop. Um, And also one of the biggest things that I think, I think the reason why I kind of, I went, I went down is I was trying to replicate certain people that weren't weren't like me and I was trying to be like them and it just wasn't working and I was beating myself up because of that. And I encourage you, if you're out there, meet different agents, meet different personalities, grab one thing there, grab another thing there, and then just keep going into living rooms, apply, you know, put pressure on yourself, go doorknob, get in front of people, uh, get on the phones and then slowly, slowly, it just, for each listing, for each failure, you just get better, better. I, I shouldn't do that. You know, okay, I should do this. Oh, I'll try it this way now. Um, you know, we don't all get off the, um, the training wheels at the same time when we're, you know, when we're toddlers, sometimes some are quick, some are, some are later, you know, you it might take you a, a decade to succeed, but as long as you're willing to hang around for it, that's what's going to make the difference. Right.
0: So what I'm hearing there will which is very very humble of you to admit is is discipline it's it's not comparing yourself to to others it's really mm-hmm. comparing yourself to yourself so to make sure that you're the best version of yourself rather than comparing yourself to others um I'm, I'm hearing persistence i'm hearing role playing i'm hearing practice um persistence tenacity um you know never giving up that's that they're the traits that as i said you know you, that that you, you don't have to be in the industry for years. Like we're all going to go through this at some time. You're you're saying to me that you know there's been a few times in your career where it's like, well, I wanted to give up, but I just thought, you know what, I'm not. I'm just going to keep keep going. So it, it's 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 a it's a really very much a a mindset and an energy industry as much as it is a skill set and and work ethic industry you know um so i'm glad that you've admitted to that
1: Uh, adrian i used to go to a listing appointment i used to freeze i used to sweat right i used to pause Mm. my anxiety i couldn't breathe right Mm. i leave the appointments and i was like like that Mm. because i was putting so much pressure on myself as well right Mm. but i would get the odd appointment where i was like man i'm on point right Mm. that was I that was calm. I was, you know, we got on so well and then bang, you list it. You're like, well, hold on a sec. Then you start to learn. You, you look at someone like Josh Tesla and he's like upbeat. He's ready. You know, he's in your face. Bang. I'm the best. I one. And then you see the next other age, you know, for example, a great agent that's been around for a long time, like Michael Pallier, mm. reserved, calm,
0: mm. right.
1: Mm. Whole different persona. Mm. You're like, isn't that interesting? Right. Mm personalities but the best in their game right in, yep. in what they do in their areas right mm. so slowly slowly you're like no i'm just gonna be me i'm just gonna i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna express myself and then slowly slowly the anxieties start to decrease the longer you do it your confidence goes up and then next thing you know, you're listing more properties. You're on more signboards. You have got more sales. You're the you're the you're the reason why you know the market's moving in that area.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, and and you're true what you say. Like you just described, two people, Josh Tesla and Michael Pallia, couldn't be more polar opposites, right? Um, but both high integrity both very good at what they do but different energies around them so it means it means that with eight billion people in this world that everyone connects to something different you know and you can't be everything to everyone um so so Tell me about you mentioned the word anxiety, you know, and only if you're comfortable to, to talk about it, because, <laughs> yeah, because because um, will I, I talk to a lot of agents, and um, I, uh, I I certainly do a lot of coaching sessions, which become counselling sessions, um, and and you know mental illness is is epidemic in our industry and is not talked about enough you know myself and tom panos did did a whole podcast on it but the awareness is still very low you know so my 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 estimate is that about 80 percent of people working in real estate sales either have or will at some point suffer from some form of anxiety or or depression okay Um, and i think it's a pretty accurate statistic right so you mentioned the word anxiety now that came across as as something that you know you you suffered at a listing appointment, but is this something that is, is real? And is it something that, that I'm not talking about necessarily medication or therapy or whatever, but, but from your own personal point of view, you know, have you got a strategy, whether it's exercise meditation or a morning ritual that allows you to deal with it and make it um, part of your life that is, is, is an integral part of your life that you can still function with.
1: You know, um, I, it, that's a good question, Adrian. Because you know, when it first, when it first started happening to me, mate, I, I I went through everything. I went to doctors. I was buying beta blockers. I don't know if you know what they are. They'd become, yeah, you know, the blood yeah, flow, they, sl- they slow they your heart rate,
0: rate down. down. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of opera singers and public speakers take them. Yeah. a lot of professional yeah. shooters take them. Yeah. yeah, slow your heart rate down. Snipers. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh Mate, it, uh, you, you take all sorts of things to kind of try and mask whatever it is that you need to mask. Mm. I remember Tom Panos used to call my auctions. Tom used to look at me, he used to go, man, this guy's about to have a heart attack. Like I was freaking, right. Mm. Uh, and you know what? It, 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 at the time I didn't know how to deal with it. Mm. And, um, and even my bosses at the time didn't know how to deal with it. Mm. People, well, at the time when they, I was going through it, they just thought, "Ah, oh, this guy's just not cut for real estate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I, I didn't agree with that. Fundamentally, I didn't agree with it. I thought mm-hmm. anyone can make is just really – I always had this belief inside, yes, my body, right, my body doesn't agree with what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I just had this, well, Will, you've just got to re-educate your brain, right? Now, it's not going to be easy. This is going to be very difficult, mm-hmm. but – and this is where I quit a couple of times because I couldn't handle my anxiety. It was just too, mm-hmm. uh, too extreme, right? I used to get flustered in the face, sweats and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was blatantly obvious sometimes when I was in a listing presentation, people look at me like, you're all right, you need some water, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess in time, um, like coming back to what I said before, the more the more that you kind of put yourself out there and then you start to realize it's okay to fail my my anxieties was around failure right mm. i'm i'm just a very competitive person by nature i've always loved the the big w right to to win so mm. i was just like no no i can do this and i've always been one to test myself but i see a lot of people come in the industry and they leave just because of that they say ah oh, stuff it no it's not worth it mm. um, i guess All I will say to anyone that's going through it, um, you know, don't overthink it. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a challenge. It won't be easy, but you have to stick to it. You've got – it might take you a bit more time. Um, Do things like meditate, go for a run, keep fit, keep healthy, um, and, you know, hang around good people. Don't Mm. hang around bad people uh, or people that are negative. Um, Keep your mind positive you hang around people that are negative in your office or anywhere in life and that are uh, always glass half full, you end up being that person and you won't succeed. Your top five, I have that belief your top five friends determine who you are today. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- be conscious of that. So what I did at the time to handle it, I hung around five people that I thought were pretty confident business people, uh, great influencers and just tried to feed the energy. At the start, they probably would have thought that I was maybe the negative guy, Mm -hmm. right? The one that wasn't a great influence, but they could see that I had a cry for help, that, you know, I needed, I wanted progression. They could see that and I
0: had their support. Mm -hmm. good for you to have that vulnerability and honesty uh will to actually talk about that because it still is a stigma especially for men um that they find it do difficult very difficult to actually speak about and open up about so i'm really glad that that the listeners are um, engaging with this and say, okay, someone who's been a top agent in their game for a while and has now opened their own business um, has still been exposed to this type of, uh, um, uh, you know, issue if you like, but it's not something that debilitates you. It's not something that, Can um, stop you from achieving your goals or your dreams. It's something you've just got to embrace, deal with, and uh, actually, you know, seek seek some sort of help or strategy. And what you're saying is surround yourself by the right people, um, eliminate toxic people from your life, um, have some sort of ritual, which whether it's exercise, meditation, whatever it might be. Like I know that you go to the gym, so that's that's obviously something that's important to you. Um, So good for you to talk about it and be open about it. Because it, it, it's a lot more epidemic than people realise in in the industry.
1: Adrian, going from someone that was a, a blusher to sweating and anxious, and you know, could see could see that I wasn't I wasn't really that comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it, now I kind of look back at it and I say, wow, what, well, how, you know, I still, you always have those, you know, those moments. There are sometimes I I could walk into a big listing and you're like, well, you need to get this right mm. then on comes the anxiety but hey you know everyone has anxiety who who doesn't right i mean mm. world athletes the olympics like it's it's normal it's natural mm. um you just you get you get better at handling it right mm. um and i guess i guess um i guess i look at myself now and i and i think you know i five seven years ago i would have never thought that i would be in the position now and you know i i i myself now in terms of where i think i'm going to be in five years time so i look forward to that so mm. and I'll tell you now adrian i've been around and i i think that if i can get through it me personally if i could do it and i know what i went through
0: mm. there's a lot of people that will be just fine good good for you man that that's so so encouraging um, and and also very uh, very relieving for a lot of people that are listening to this you know so a, as we wrap up mate what what one last topic I want to talk about is um, rejection and adversity okay because in our industry you lose listings and deals fall over all the time right so sure. so it's very easy to um, review how we react as agents during successful um, moments or outcomes you know we pull off a listing we pull off for sale um you know an A comes together um you know so all, all those are very easy you know because they're they're things that inspire us to the next deal but but you know it's it's how we react when things don't go our way which really can determine how how you know how successful or how how um, competitive and also you know what what it determines and and how it dictates us moving forward so if you lose a listing or a deal falls over and you drag that mentality into the next three face to faces whether it 's a buyer appointment, a vendor alignment meeting, a listing appointment, whatever it might be well then they will pick up on that energy because that energy is, is, is it, it's, it's, it, um, you know, it's contagious. So, so, you know, what I'm asking you is when you've had those moments and you will continue to have those moments, what is a practice or a discipline that you apply to make sure that it doesn't affect the, the subsequent transitions or subsequent meetings that you go to? You know, um, good question, Adrian. I think
1: I think the, the biggest problem with the topic rejection, and I, I love this topic, by the way. I go through this topic mm. I was with the staff members, right? Especially the junior guys because mm. they make such a – they make a big assessment on themselves based on their failures, but they forget that they just won three listings mm. Right? Mm. and they've lost one and all their energy goes into the one loss, right? Mm. I – me personally, what I started to change was my mindset when I got rejected. I accepted and I understood that my clearance rate to list property was somewhat 40%, mm. right? So I said, that's fine, whatever. You're a, part of that. um, you're a part of that ratio. I'm going to move on. Let's go on to the next one. And then I would push even further. Mm. I would work harder, right? And then obviously, the more, the more I got into obviously your practice starts to refine, you know, when to talk, when not to talk. So I guess rejection, I always say to the guys, embrace it, Mm -hmm. look at, dissect the meeting, understand and ask the tough questions to the person that you were, uh, you were presenting to. I'm, I'm a grown adult. Hit me hard where I need to hear it. What is it? What, where do, what are the gaps? What did I miss? Where can I progress? If you're not honest with me, you're not telling me I'll never grow it. Please, I need this growth. I say that to people. Hit me, mm. Hit me on the grown man. Um, and they tell you. They really tell you. If you, if you ask it in a serious way, they'll tell you. and that's the only way you can really grow. You know, I've worked with agents, Adrian. They walk in, they'd say, oh, I lost the, the listing because the commission, rate." They did, you know, mm. they did one commission or two grand marketing. It's, no, no, your story just wasn't good enough. You just didn't see your story right enough. And the problem is if you if you have that rejection, right, mm. and you didn't learn from it uh, or you didn't embrace the rejection, you'll never grow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really, really good response because it is critical in the um, makeup and... The uh, whole concept of how to deal with not just winning a listing or winning a deal or selling a property at auction, but that time and there will be many of them where you know th- things don't go our way all the time so you know i'm still amazed though will when we sit down with agents and they lose a listing or a deal falls over and they're just so surprised and it's like well no, no one ever sat you down at the beginning of your career and said look every deal is going to go your way every listing you pitch you're going to get um, so the expectation needs to be set up front um, because we're very good as agents in managing other people's expectations but sometimes we're quite inept at managing our own expectations so i think that's critical whether that's whether that's through our business relationship whether it's through our own personal relationships family relationships i think expectations uh, and managing those are really critical to have a healthy sustainable long-term mm-hmm. business um, you know within this environment called real estate so um, mate i really appreciate your your time today will I, I wish you all the very success with adrian william i love the branding i love your team um i'm honored to be your coach you know for your team look forward to doing some more sessions in the new year um anyone can hit the guys up on socials, they're all over social media uh, dominating in the inner west, you're going to see some big things happen with these guys, um, they've got some really high integrity and high authenticity around them and incredible skill set and a lot of experience behind them as well and the young guys they've got in their team are very very um, um, uh, certainly in my opinion um, and quite, um, quite remarkable so well done uh, Will and And just uh, in what I find how the best way to wrap up these podcasts is if if you've got one question for me that you think the audience would benefit from that you can think of.
1: Um, What, what would you, uh, what would you say for Adrian William to concentrate in 2021? What would be the thing to, to go
0: for? Look, I think given that you're five and a half months into it and, and you're just about to launch into a new calendar year, the one narrative and one mindset that I would eliminate and completely distinguish from your vocabulary and your mindset is being a new business. Because the new business energy has got you up to this particular date now and this particular success, which is you know 50 odd sales. Um however, what happens is language creates emotions and emotions lead to to actions. So the more you tell others and yourself that you're a new business, um, the more I think you dilute the potency and the um, um profile in the marketplace. So as far as I'm concerned now Adrian William is an established business with very established operators who are already um, ingrained into the fabric of their communities. Um, And as far as I'm concerned, they should be all, including you and all the staff and team members, should all be adopting that framework, narrative, mindset and vocabulary of being an established business that's very experienced, very ingrained into the community. And, and so it's, it's a, it's one, it's a mindset two it's yes. a, it's a vocabulary piece in itself, right? And three, um, it's 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 also an energy of how you guys conduct yourselves at open houses, on the phones, callbacks, answering email inquiries, answering phone inquiries, um, because guess what? We're now established that new business energy can only take us so far. What's going to bring us forward from today onwards is accountability, discipline, profile and and experience right and and that's what i'm here to help you with but also just having that new fresh mindset and paradigm in your own thought process and the thought process of your whole team i think you're just going to find a whole different line in the sand come january one I like that thanks adrian Pleasure, pleasure, mate. Good luck with it. Hey, thanks for sharing um, today. I think it was really um, fantastic for everyone to listen to. And, uh, mate, you and your family have a great Christmas. And um, I look forward to catching up with you and the team in the new year, my man.
1: You too, brother. Okay. Take care.
0: Thanks again, Willie, man. He's a legend, this guy. He's an absolute legend. And uh, listeners, we'll catch you next week. Thanks again, Willie.
1: he's right See you,